So as you can tell from our uh, program today, this is back to school time, and we are wanting to, to take today's message especially and speak directly into the lives and to the experiences of our uh, students here and also to our parents. Well, you used to be called parents, now you're called homeschool teachers. And, uh, and also to our, our public school teachers and university professors that we have. This is, this is that back to school time. And it's different this year. Matter of fact, it's very different this year. Uh, normally at this time of the year, there is this great sense of anticipation about the year that's ahead and what, what's, what it's going to hold for us and, you know, football season right around the corner and, you know, some of those kind of things. So there's this, this budding excitement that we tend to get this time of the year and it moves into the preparations that we make and, you know, shopping for school supplies and shopping for school clothes and all of those kind of things. And this year, it's, it's just different. This, this is that point in our, our quarantine life tied to COVID-19 that, that now we start talking about starting something that we were doing when it started and yet had to stop doing. And I've been picking up on some of the anxiety that's out there, not, not just locally, but really across the nation as school districts and the full education system of the state of Texas and then of the United States and colleges and conferences, all trying to figure out how are we gonna do this? And it's kind of like we're tapping back into that anxiety that we had when we first went into this quarantine. And uh, I, I, fortunately for us, there's a song for that. And uh, so we're back into our series of Let's Sing where we're looking at some of the uh, selected psalms in the book of Psalms and seeing what David has to say today, especially in Psalm 63, that helps us when it comes to this idea of going back to school and you know all the things that come with that, especially the fear and the anxiety of what that's gonna be. But I don't want us to think that there's only a message for people who are tied to school in some way. This is a message for all of us, no matter what we're going through, no matter where we are in life, if you're in business currently or if you're retired from business, there's a message here for us when it comes to these kind of days. And so let's look at Psalm 63 together. I'm going to read it here and then we'll come back and, and highlight a few principles that I think are part of what I'm going to suggest are school supplies that you must get this year. Psalm 63 begins this way, a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with rich excuse me, as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth, they shall be given over to the power of the sword, and they shall be a portion for jackals. 
But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. So today, let's talk about school supplies for this most unconventional of back-to-school season that we are in. And here's the big single truth that I want you to take from the whole thing. And that is, don't forget to sing at school. Let's pray. So, Father, as we open your word today, teach us, grow us, comfort us, and take us where you want us to go is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back in a few moments. So as we look at back to school and the song for that that David gives us in Psalm 63, I want us to pull a couple of principles out of this. And actually, there's so much in this particular psalm. There's no way we can cover it in the time that we have here. So I'm going to encourage you to, to spend a little time in it and kind of dig a little bit to see what God might teach you out of it. But I do want to pull a couple of principles out that I think will help us, specifically if you're a student and you're about to go back to school, whether it's in a classroom or a virtual classroom. Uh, if you're a teacher and you're going to be hanging out at school again and all the stuff that comes with that, parents, administrators, there's something for all of us here. So here's that first principle that I want us to pull out of this, the song that we sing in a back-to-school scenario like we're in. Uh, this first principle, simply put, is stay thirsty. And uh, this comes out of verse 1. So I want to show you uh, where we get this because David is, is referring to a real situation for him. And maybe the question I could put to you to get us on the same page with David is, uh, have you ever been so uh, lonely for God that it wasn't just inhabited you? I mean, it was just something that you felt and you couldn't get away from. That's this picture that we get in verse 1. And so notice the way that he says it's a, it's a relationship-based thing. He says, oh, God, my God. And so we're coming from a point of relationship. It's not like God has, uh, has abandoned him. It's, David is saying, I, I want more of you. I, I need more of you. And he uses this language uh, with verbs that are from the idea of being thirsty. So here are those words, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land. David is coming from a vantage point here uh, as a poet, first of all. The, the Hebrew poetry, when, it, when you find three different statements that really emphasize one idea, then that is used for emphasis. And so David is, is just opening up saying, I need you, God. I want more of you in my life for where I am right now. And specifically, as we saw in that heading of this psalm, he's in the wilderness. Uh, if, if you've not ever been to Israel, then let me give you a pretty graphic image of what that wilderness of Judah looks like. Um, step outside and look towards the Franklin Mountains because that's kind of what it looks like for the most part. If you drive from here going east and uh, cross through Fabens in that area, that's a lot of what the area around Jerusalem as you get a little bit further away from the immediate town looks like that. 
And so most scholars tell us that David writes this probably when he's on the run from Absalom. And you could go to uh, 2 Samuel 16, for instance, and you can find where he's, he's on the run, he's in the wilderness, but they go to the Jordan River where it says he refreshes himself. That's the idea here. So if you want to get a really good handle on how intense this is for him, think about going for a hike here in the mountains in these days you know, we're recording this in, in a week when we're having well over 100 degree temperatures, setting records for hottest ever around here on this particular date. Uh, and so imagine going out in the heat of the day in the midst of that day after day after day without having any water. That's the intensity of what David is saying here when he says, I'm thirsting for you. It's a great word picture that he gives us and we need to apply that in. It's a picture of desperate need that would have spoken directly to uh, the experience of those people who would be reading this and later singing this as a song. So have you ever been so desperate for the connection with God that you fit what David's talking about here? I, I think this needs to be, this idea of being thirsty, staying thirsty, uh, it needs to be the top priority for us in our school supplies. That's the title of this message. And so these school supplies that we're talking about are spiritually based. And this one needs to be at the top of our list, that we stay thirsty for God, for that connection with God, for that, uh, for that life that he gives us, needs to be at the top of the list. And here's why I say that, especially as it relates to today and this season this back-to-school time easily becomes uh, something of a worship ritual if we're not careful. I, I happen to believe, I, I'll make this suggestion for your consideration, that one of the favorite idols of Western society is education. Now, you need to understand, before I go any further in this, I'm I'm a strong proponent of education. I, I think it's something that we ought to do. I think we ought to do it well. I have long said, and I give this counsel to young ministers, that you ought to get all of the education that you can justify for your calling. Uh, how you justify that is a bigger discussion. So I'm not anti-education in any sense of the word. If I was, then I would have a lot of explaining to do for the kind of education that I've done in my own life. So it's not that I'm against education. It's just that I think in Western society, in American society specifically, we have a tendency to make an idol out of that. And so, for instance, I've known, I was a youth minister for many years, and many times I would hear parents say, well, my child is not going to be able to be part of whatever event that is, a discipleship class, for instance, uh, because they have homework to do. And if we're not careful, that push for education overwhelms our sense of awareness of, about our commitment to God and our time with God and our connection with God. And so I, I think it's one of those things as we come to this discussion today about staying thirsty, that we keep our connection with God priorities at the top and education becomes part of the way we live our lives and where we go. Now, I say that because idols and education, if we use it as an idol, is this way too. Idols always leave us hungry 
uh, and lacking as we pursue what that idol promises us. But idols can never deliver what we ultimately need in life, which is that connection with God that David is talking about here. And so if your idol is money and you pursue it and pursue it and pursue it, uh, and God somehow gets lost in the process, you may get to that money idol and find that it doesn't satisfy. That's the nature of idols. So David gives us that priority point that says, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty for you, as if I was wandering in the wilderness with no water. That's how my soul feels for more connection with you, God, in all of this. So lean into that relationship. And as we come to this school supplies idea, make sure that this one always stays at the top of your list. Because as you go to school, especially in a time of fear and a time of high anxiety, you're going to find that you need the resource that only God can give you as you pursue that education that is so important. By the way, let me just end this section by highlighting verse 8, because verse 8 goes hand in hand with verse 1. David begins by saying, this is where I am, I want more. Verse 8 says, my soul clings to you uh, and your right hand upholds me. That right hand upholding us is a great biblical Old Testament image that I won't get into right now. But the idea of the word cling there is really important for us. It's not the normal Old Testament word for clinging. It is instead the word that's used over in Genesis 2 where it says, And for this cause a man uh, shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It's a... It's a clinging that David says, I'm, I'm holding on in such a way that makes my life a life of relationship with you that doesn't change. And it's a priority. That's the picture for us. And so if that's the song that we sing during the back to school emphasis, uh, then make sure you sing that song at school. We'll be back for one other look at this passage in just a moment. So another principle, or in the way we're saying it in this message today, another item for your school supply list as a Christian uh, is simply a one-word principle. And the one word is remember. So let's real quickly go back. David is in a position. He's running from his son who is trying to kick him off of the throne. He finds himself out in the wilderness and... Uh, it's probably more than just the wilderness that's physical. It's pro probably also some spiritual pressures and all of that. I'm fairly com uh, confident. But in that, David says, I, I, I long for, I have to have that connection with God. My soul thirsts for you. And so then he comes out of that in verse 2, and he gives us this one-word principle. He, he elaborates on it. Much in this passage we're not going to be able to go over today, but he, if, if we just go to, to that one principle that grows out of the thirst, and that is the one that says, remember, look at verse 2 to see what we do with our thirst. And so verse 2 says, first part of verse 2 only, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. The word so there is important because it ties it directly to what he's just said. This is how I feel. This is what I'm experiencing. So my response to that is this, I remember. I think that's fascinating. 
David can't go back to Jerusalem because Absalom is, you know, as I said, he's trying to kick him out. Uh, so David's forced to go to God where he can. And David goes into his own memory, his own experience. But he specifically says, I looked upon you in the sanctuary. And in Old Testament, especially before the temple, remember Solomon, David's son, would be the one who would build the actual temple. So up to this point, God's presence is kind of wrapped up in the Ark of the Covenant and, and all of that part of their worship that was there. That's what David's referring to. He says, so I remember when I went to the sanctuary. Let, let me just pause there for a minute and ask you, where do you go when you need to remember the presence of God, the connection with God that we have? I'm going to come back to that in just a moment, but I, I want to get the rest of this on the table before we start applying it. Uh, the, the second part of verse 2, David shows us what he remembers. So I went to the sanctuary, and it was there that I found, that I saw, I looked upon your power and your glory. In other words, it was at that place, at that time, whenever it was that he's remembering, that David could go back and say, I connected with God at that point. I was able to see God's power at work. I was able to see God's glory at work. If, if we just walk back through David's life, we find many opportunities for him to be able to say this whether it's with Goliath or, you know, keeping his father's sheep and predators come in and he wins through that. And many different times, David, the warrior, experienced the power of God overcoming. But David doesn't go to those places to talk about that. He says, I found this at the sanctuary and I remember what it's like to be in the presence of God and the power that he has that's inherent in who he is and also his glory. It's a great, a great statement for us, I think. So let me just ask you, how connected are you with God today? For those of you who are students or teachers, administrators, going back to the front lines of society and that education process that has a way of bringing out the worst in some people, or maybe you're one of those parents who's doing school from home and you know you used to just be a parent and now you're a teacher and you're beginning to appreciate those professional teachers that we have all of those scenarios leave us in this position where we sometimes feel really out of power or lacking power one of the reasons that I say we need to put these things at the top of our school supply list is because these are the things we don't necessarily think about. And we get into a school year or we get, if you have nothing to do with school and you're just a businessman or woman uh, and you're at the office or you're working at home with other people in a virtual office, uh, we find ourselves in situations where it is easy to feel like we've not had contact with God. Uh, maybe that he's not had contact with us. And so I think what we want to draw from this, the reason I say the principle is to remember, is because... We need to have that, that reservoir of experience with God that when the moment gets hard or the moment gets dry, we have something to reach back to and grab hold of. David said, I, in the sanctuary where I beheld your power and your glory, and he draws strength from that as you read the rest of this 
uh, psalm as they would have sung it, David goes to what the effect of those things was for him, and it moved him forward. And that's where he said, I'll cling to you. But here's the deal, and I mentioned this, I think, last week, at least in our live service here. Uh, we, we, have to, we have to build that reservoir. We have to have a daily walk with God today that works with our daily walk with God yesterday and the day before. And over a period of time, we build this reservoir of experience with God so that when we hit those dry spells, we're not at the mercy of the dry spell. We can look backwards and say, God is real to me. His mercies are new every morning. And we could just go passage after passage through Scripture where we could hold on to those things and say, I have experienced this. The picture of of us being under his wings, which again rises to the surface in this song. David goes backwards. He finds that memory that he has, that experience that he has, and he essentially says to us, you need to have those. So maybe a point of application for some of us today is, am I really building those things with God? Do I only have this, this body of information without the personal experience that breathes life into those. We need to remember. And so when you go to school, students, and you find it easy to just kind of forget about God, and you get around other friends who may or may not help you in your walk with God, uh, David would say to you, remember, and build that, that reservoir to work from. So where do you get that? That's the other part of what we need to remember here, I think, and is because we need to ask the question, where do you get connected with God? Now, I'm not going to suggest that church is the only place you can do that. that that's crazy because, you know, the, I listened to a song last week. I was driving, and it's a country western song, as my dad used to call it, classical music. And uh, it was talking about a guy who was conflicted on Sunday morning. Should I go to church or should I go fishing? And he decided to go fishing. And his point in his song was, you know, I can connect with God out there just like I can connect with God at church. That's not true. You can connect with God out there in the lake. If you can't, then you need appreciation for God's creation, I think. But there's something about gathering together. David talks about being in the sanctuary where God's people gather. And there we find God at work, not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. So where do you go to get this this connection with God, one of the places, one of the places is at church. I say that because there are those voices out there now within the church world, uh, prognosticators I would call them, who are looking forward and saying that church attendance after COVID-19 pandemic uh, isolation, whatever we want to call this, uh, after that's over with and the world gets back to some kind of a new normal, that church attendance will never be what it's been before. Now, I don't know if that's true. Uh, I think that they, they're onto some truths in that for sure. So let me just try to get ahead of that a little bit with you and tell you we need church. We need the opportunity to come together. There's nothing magical about this room that we're in here today. It's a building. But it represents something that we need. And we gather in this building with other people who call on the name of the Lord. And this is our opportunity to build experiences and to build lives together with other people who have built experiences with God.
So David, in one fell swoop, in one easy statement, says, I, I remember the sanctuary where I beheld your power and your glory. And then everything after that, it says, it affected how I was viewing life. We need each other. And there will come a day when you won't have to watch anymore online. We'll keep doing it online even after this is over with. But there'll come a day when you don't have to watch online, that you'll be able to come back here. We're, we're doing that in a limited fashion anyway. If some of you can't make it. But in case you happen to be one of those who's kind of on the edge going, I don't know how much I want to go to church anymore. Uh, this needs to be at the top of your list. Because we need each other and we help each other tap into that, that uh, redemptive memory of God at work with us. So prioritize your connection with him and find the places where you can build that experience. In other words, back to students and teachers and administrators, as you go back to school, I think we should go with David. And let me just say to you, don't forget to sing because God's word here teaches us something about how to live there. God bless you. I hope that you have a great week. We'll see you next week.